0: Getting Louisiana residents to take the COVID nineteen vaccine has been an uphill battle, but nowhere more so than in Acadiana's minority communities. I'm your host Tracy Wirtz, and today I'm speaking with Gethsemane Church of God in Christ Bishop Alton Gatlin and internal medicine specialist Dr. Brian Labine about why that is and what they're planning to do about it. Now on Ten Talks Acadiana.
1: Ten Talks Acadiana. The podcast powered by KLFY.com.
0: Temperatures are rising and the deals are hot at Sterling Buick GMC in Opelousas. Take 5000 off the MSRP on a new 2021 Buick Encore GX. View all the great deals and start your shopping online at sterlingbuickgmc.com.
1: Offer expires June 30th, 2021.
0: On this 10 Talks Acadiana, we are uh, going to be discussing the COVID vaccine and the minority community. We are joined today by Bishop Alton Gatlin, who is the pastor of Gethsemane Church of God in Christ, and also Dr. Brian Labine. He is a doctor uh, in inter- internal medicine and also sleep medicine. And we're going to talk about why it's so important and why they are doing this outreach effort today. So first of all, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. you. Um, I was reading the statistics. Doctor, we'll talk to you first. But the bottom line in all of these numbers is that people in the minority communities aren't showing up to get the vaccine. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Why do you think that is and why should they?
2: Could be still some uh, preconceived notions of myths um, as far as uh, past history with vaccinations. Uh, in minorities, especially the black community, Uh, maybe a syphilis uh, situation back in the day. Also um, preconceived notions about side effects or it's gonna give me the virus, um, which is, it's a myth, it's not true. Mm -hmm. So I've had to explain that just this morning to a couple of my patients who hadn't received the vaccine yet. So of course I asked why and they were like, because it's gonna make me sick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, maybe a side effect or a reaction, which is not equal to an illness. Right. Because I've treated hundreds of patients with COVID-19 infection over the last year. And I can guarantee you two days of symptoms, you know, flu-like symptoms mm-hmm. does not equal an infection. Every last single patient that I treated with COVID-19 infection uh, were sick for at least close to two weeks. Wow before symptom relief. So that, that's, that's a myth. That's not, that's not equal to an illness per se. Maybe a reaction, which is not a bad thing because that's your immune system responding to the vaccine as it should. And that's why it only lasts about two days.
0: Now, we were talking uh, in setting all this up about the fact that it is important for the minority communities to get the vaccine because the outcomes for that community are completely disproportionate. Can you talk about why you think that is?
2: Well, and the piggyback on the other reason why I think uh, is also access for the minority uh, pa- uh, patients or people. Some people don't have transportation to get the, to the appropriate areas to receive the vaccine. So I challenge the city, the local government to mobilize and bring the vaccine to certain communities
0: mm-hmm. that
2: that are like that in that position. Right. And that would increase probably the the the, the amount of people receiving the vaccine. So I think a lot of them want it. They just can't get to where they're supposed to get to because of transportation issues as well. Now, given the healthcare disparities. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, And that's not just with COVID. That's pre pandemic in those communities because of multiple factors, um, finances, education um, and which leads to that population being at higher risk for not only COVID va- COVID-19 virus, but also heart attacks, strokes, which are still the two biggest killers in this country. And when you have improper access to health care or improper finances to for appropriate treatment or modern day treatment, which, which is, can be costly, and right. you got a financial disparity as well, as we know exists still in these two populations, black and Hispanic populations in this country. So it's a multifaceted problem. And that's why they're at highest risk for when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. That's why we saw those two populations, death rates way higher than the majority population in this country.
0: Um, and we're going to come back to that. But um, Bishop Gatlin, you—you've had the vaccine. Yes. Tell us your tell as a non-medical professional. Tell us your experience with the vaccine. Which one did you get?
1: I took the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Um, I do not love needles in particular. <laughs> <laughs> but the real reason was my schedule was so hectic that it just made sense for me to get the one-time shot. And uh, for the people that I serve, I was thinking that if I could persuade them to at least get one shot, that would be a real positive thing.
0: That's what happened to my husband, by the way. He (laughs) said, I want the one and done. (laughs) Yes.
1: And so a number of people, I've been able to talk them into getting the one and done and be done with it. But a number of the seniors, uh, including my father, Uh, Did not want to be bothered with the vaccine at all past history. Mm -hmm. He was a military man He's 90 right now, right, and he served in Korea So he says son if you only knew The things that I have seen and for 30 years he worked at at the VA hospital Mm -hmm. So he seen a whole lot of things and he was determined even at 90 He was not having it. I've had three doctors to talk to him and I talked. No, I think that my lifestyle does not require it, he would tell us, and so he didn't. But a number of other elderly people feel the same way. It may be history, it may be a lack of really understanding what vaccines do, and it could be the fact that a lot of medical things are not immediately available to our community until it becomes catastrophic, and then they are available. when COVID hit, I tried to get tested Mm -hmm. immediately uh, after I went through the experience because I was told get two more tests, uh, 48 hours, and then both of them being negative and you're free to go back out in the public. Well, as a public servant, I didn't wanna be out there and still asymptomatic and perhaps passing it on. I could not get the next test I needed after that. And as I began to talk on the phone, and visit with a couple of other people, they had the same problem getting the test initially. Mm -hmm. So I became a COVID-19 tester. I ordered the material. I sent me a doctor from uh, New Jersey and several thousand kits. And we went throughout Lafayette and Mississippi and Texas as well, offering the COVID test to communities that otherwise would have not gotten it. And many of those people had not seen a doctor in years, especially in the Delta area of Mississippi and in some places in East Texas. And so it was critical that we be there because we were able to save a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. A number of people who were asymptomatic discovered, this is true, I have it, I have it. Yes, go to a doctor now. And, um, And we found that to be just the tip of the iceberg as to the whole medical arena for people of color and for the Latino community as well, because we did a lot of work with them and making sure that they got the test. So yes, there is everything that the doctor mentioned earlier. It is absolutely true, unfortunately, in our community in 2021.
0: So I wanna circle back to your dad and the other elderly people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me. I don't have COVID. I have a tickle in my throat. Uh, I've been vaccinated, by the way, I'm fully vaccinated. Um, how, or is there the possibility that we could change their minds, and how do we do that?
1: I haven't been able to change my dad's mind at all, and um, he went to the doctor the other day, and when they took the uh, blood tests and everything, he had the antibodies. Really? Yes, so he had gone through COVID and all he can remember is a runny nose and um, a slight fever for a couple of days. And those were the only symptoms he had.
0: Thank goodness.
1: But Tracy had killed my mother. Oh. She died during that same period. And uh, the most difficult thing in the world was for us to tell my father that she went to the hospital not feeling well and never came back and at the same time I was ill and quarantined so I couldn't do her funeral couldn't go visit couldn't do any of that and that was just terrible and so with my father and and he discovered he had it he said see I told you he says sometimes you're better off without all of the drugs that they give and too many seniors feel that way because they live to be seniors. Right. They have not had the kind of medical care that they needed or desired all their lives. Right. So they feel like I can make it through this, but this is not one of those things that they can make it through. So we have to keep trying. We have to demonstrate, and I was on TV and, and everywhere publicly taking it, like Mr. Obama and all of the president's right. men, Yes. so that people could see that it truly was going to be a safe,
0: well, and you know, that, that's a, a heartbreaking testimony though, to yeah. doctor exactly what this, this sickness, this illness, this disease does. Yeah. You know, you have two people, uh, I'm assuming that they're around the same age, Correct. you know, one gets very mild symptoms and the other one dies. Yeah, the other one dies. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be what you guys are seeing
2: Yes. and the fact
0: that one can pass it to the other. Yeah.
2: Yes. And that's exactly what transpired. And mm-hmm. you just don't know how a virus is going to affect one individual versus the other. There's no there's no way to tell. It's no crystal ball. Right. So that's why the, the safest thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: is mass vaccination. That's our only way out. And, um, and which leads to herd immunity, right. of course, in our country. That's our goal and aim. And uh, but. Like he said, we're just gonna have to keep fighting the good fight. You know, knowledge is power. Education, uh, also not being a hypocrite. So I, when I took my vaccine back in January, I, I posted it on Facebook. Right. You know, so you got to show the yes. people walk out there the walk. that walk the walk. That's yeah. right, and lead by example.
0: And I want to circle back to the side effects because, <clears throat> you know, uh, and. I've heard about all the different ones. You know, I, personally, I had the body aches and <laughs> I was really tired for 12 hours. I mean, I, you know, I, I could tell you when, they, when the onset was and I could tell you when it stopped, you know, in different people, maybe, you know, a few hours, a couple days, that kind of thing. But in terms of the black community and the white community, are they seeing that the side effects are different in those two populations? Or are they pretty common across the board in humans? <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, you're right. They're common across the board in humans.
0: Okay, so you aren't. Okay. I guess my question, maybe I didn't put it, is it, are they any different in the black community than what you would see in the white community?
2: No, not not the reaction to said vaccine, okay. whether it be flu vaccine, COVID vaccine. Yeah, those are similar among all the populations.
0: Right, and that's know? and that's definitely part of the message we want to get out because the disease seems to be more fatal in the minority populations, but the vaccine reacts the same, no matter everyone. what color you exactly. are. Exactly. exactly. And I think it's
1: a matter of access. Yes. I'm thankful that the city of Lafayette and the COVID-19 initiative, uh, we're going door to door now. Yes. Knocking yes. on doors and asking people, have you had it? Here's some information. Please take it. A number of our churches have given it and will continue to give it until we reach herd immunity. And that's gonna be a great thing because once it comes to the community right. and people that they trust and that they see, right. their principals, their teachers, their doctors, their preachers or whatever, then people have a lot more confidence toward taking it.
0: And for those of you listening right now, of course, we're talking to Dr. Uh, Brian Labine and Bishop Alton Gatlin um, about making sure that we educate the minority communities to the to the need for them to to go ahead and get this vaccine um again you they'd need to probably contact their doctor but uh, w- are there any um before i get into this are there any are there any circumstances conditions that would preclude someone from getting the vaccine
2: no ma'am okay none at all
0: Okay. We'll see there. there. So th- there. That's a. That's we needed to hear that out loud, because just to put this in perspective, the CDC reports demographic characteristics, including race, race and ethnicity, of people receiving the COVID vaccines on a national level. The in mid May, fifty six percent of people across the United States generally had received at least one dose. Among this group, nearly two thirds were white. were Hispanic, 9% were black, 6% were Asian, 1% were American Indian or Alaskan native, and less than 1% were native Hawaiian or other um, Pacific Islander, while 8% reported were multi-race or or, or some other race. So you can see there the disparity of people uh, in the black and the Latino community or in the minority communities getting this vaccine, so if, if someone who has been on the fence Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, and is real hesitant, what, first of all, pastor, what is your message to that
1: person? That knowledge is power. So if you're afraid, talk to someone who's had it, talk to your doctor, talk to your minister, talk to anyone that you know who have gone through it because you do not want COVID-19. That's right. I had it and it was six to eight weeks before I was able to get back on my feet. And many of us have lost Mm -hmm. loved ones, colleagues and other people that we did not have to lose. So if you're on the fence about it, get the information and then take the shot. I'm, I'm concerned now about young people. Right, mm-hmm. and even because though that seems to be, be
0: where the big numbers are yeah, right that's now. That's where
1: the big numbers are. And they feel invincible. Mm-hmm. They feel as though I don't really need this. And then in our community, there aren't too many parents who are taking their children to get annual physicals. We go to the doctor when we're sick mm-hmm. or when we need them. And many in our community do not have what we call a primary care physician that had seen this child all through, you know, pediatrics and then they got into their early years. We don't we don't really have that. And because we don't have that, uh, the basic care that we do receive is the emergency room. Right. And it's not the health things that are popping up all over town. It's the emergency room. And we stay there and we wait until and then after we get treatment, get the medicine or whatever. We don't go see another doctor until we go back to the, med- to the emergency room. And that's bad because we don't have that trust factor going with the physician. We don't have that, uh, that line of communication that we're gonna share with others that we see Dr. So-and-so, this is my physician, this is what he recommend. We don't have that. And that makes for a number of us, even when we become young adults, not having a primary care physician or getting the regular checkups that we need so that we can catch some of the diseases early. And then if you put the cost of insurance and the confusion of insurance on top of that, you've got a uh, a recipe for disaster. And that's what's happening in our community. So
0: this, the COVID pandemic has really brought to light a lot of those issues that exist in in the black community um, that need addressing, from an information standpoint from yes. an access of care standpoint yes from <clears throat> like you said not waiting until your your disease is at an acute level right for the maintenance and i'm sure that that you have definitely seen that in your practice because an internist is a primary care physician
2: yes ma'am <laughs> yep. so yeah the, the <laughs> best thing that happened was uh, the affordable care act mm-hmm. back in 2010 president obama because that brought forth a whole different concept in healthcare, mm-hmm. as far as preventative right. yes. versus reactive
1: yes mm-hmm.
2: and that was huge right now me as a physician when i first came out in my private practice in 1997 i always had the mindset of being more preventative than reactive however back then we were not getting reimbursed to be preventative right yeah. see so mm-hmm. i was basically getting paid Uh, reimbursed to put out fires not prevent fires Mm. and as a
0: physician that has to be frustrating always very frustrating you know uh, you know you you made a statement that we've heard several times uh, Bishop is these people didn't have to die and we look at all of a lot of the things that you guys have mentioned diabetes high blood pressure those kind of things where people get that care when it's acute when it's emergent And so those people didn't have to die either.
2: No, No. they didn't have to, but the system, the way it was designed, it's kind of caught up with it, caught up with them, unfortunately, and this pandemic really brought light to it and and shed light and yeah, shined a bright, bright light on it worldwide, not just in the United States, but worldwide and really put a bright light to show the world this is the disparity that's been in existence for decades. So
0: now that things like the Affordable Health Care Act are in place and preventive medicine is really taking a forefront, people who have insurance, who have some sort of health coverage, need to make sure they establish those relationships. That's
2: exactly right, especially in Louisiana. You know, we worked, our governor worked with the federal government Mm -hmm. on the Affordable Care Act and invited it in to our state yes. right. so we're one of the lucky states in this country to take advantage of it so like you said there's hard to have a person walking around the state of louisiana without some form of health insurance right. thank goodness
0: yeah absolutely so, yes so because
2: of that now they have to take advantage of having that health insurance and make it work for them and their benefit by one finding a primary care physician, mm-hmm. doing an annual wellness visit, yes. which is completely free.
0: Right. See, it's yes. part of
2: the Preventative Health Care Act, Affordable Care Act, right. so you get a free once a year annual wellness visit, which include annual labs that check you for diabetes, check you for high cholesterol, check you for all kinds of other pre- uh, illnesses and in a preventative way, That way it could be caught early rather than too late or very advanced because like, so when you don't have access to care or you're not taking advantage of doing that access to care preventative measure, then when a pandemic like this hit, you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) And you know, and you bring up a good point about understanding that because you may have the care, but you don't know what the care provides therefore you don't take advantage of it because you know and w- as you were talking a- an ounce of prevention is worth a pound, pound of cure and
2: that's what i've always know? said my whole career but again i guess
1: i was a little bit ahead of my time absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then finally yeah. everything the caught up with you. With you. <laughs> that's yes. right. and, and we have to be careful because uh there are too many of our politicians who do not understand the affordable health care plan and, and they are stripping it day by day taking away the funding day by day, including our Louisiana people. And, and, and I'm asking them, do you understand that you're voting against the people who put you in office? Because if they continue to go in the direction they're going, then even though we have some form of it, it will not provide the medication that we need. It will not give us access to go to the physician that we need to see. I turned 65 the other day. And so my physician, happy birthday thank you so my physician said i am now qualified for the red white and blue card i'm not quite sure what it is yet because uh COVID. uh they cannot see me until sometime at the end of june mm. but anyway when i go there a number of the medications that i'm taking and a number of the things that i will need as i get older are supposed to be covered by medicare i pray that that happens
0: well you aren't the only one i bet you there's a lot of people (laughs) on their knees right
1: along with you i am praying it happens so because in my community people like me i pay for my own health care because i'm self-employed but there are a number of people who still even with the affordable health care program do not have insurance a lot more have it now but i think it's a lack of information and a lack of knowing that hey there is something out there now that i can afford. And
0: this is, that is definitely something that we want to revisit on another podcast because that's so incredibly important, understanding yeah. insurance. I think for everyone. Yes. Uh, and especially for the minority community. One of the things we do need to mention is right now there is an effort to get the vaccines into the communities themselves so that they don't face the transportation issues. We will have that list of those places where it is accessible at our website, klfy.com. But take the doctor's advice and listen to the bishop who has been personally touched by COVID and is imploring the community to get out there and get this vaccine because you don't know, you may not have a bad reaction like a bad case of it Mm -hmm. like your dad did but you may have the opposite like your mom did and and it, it claimed her life and didn't need to. Gentlemen, thank you so much. It has truly been a pleasure.
2: You're thank you. And I
0: hope that a lot thank of folks you. heed your advice and your encouragement. So uh, thank you so very much, and thank that's you smart. out there for joining us for this 10 Talks podcast. At Go Auto, we know car insurance can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Go Auto helps you save more money on car insurance. Call 888-566-5505 to get your free quote. So how do we do it? Well, that's easy. We have no commission agents, no expensive add-ons, low down payments. You can customize your payment plan, and you choose your payment date. We've lowered rates in your area. So call 888-566-5505. Go online at GoAutoInsurance.com. Come by or you can download our app to get your free quote and start saving today.
1: Ten Talks at Katie Anna. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Nextar Media Production.